everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Badass Records Podcast. I am your host, Blair Johnson, and I'm here to remind you that you can keep tabs on this thing on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can subscribe where you stream audio or on the YouTube or sign up at the website, badassrecordspodcast.com. If you'd like to do an in-person episode with me here in Kansas City, hit me up at badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. It's badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. I appreciate you stopping by. Hope you enjoy the show. Assuming there's no major gaffes on my part, this would yeah. be episode 92 of Badass Records Podcast. Hanging with Dan Jones on a gloomy, rainy Saturday. Thank you for being here. How are you? I'm good. Um, Is everything on? Yeah, every, everything's <laughs> on. I think so. Uh, yeah, I've been, t- you know, uh, I've been running this phrase through my head. It opens on pause. It opens on pause yeah. for the cameras. Yeah. And, you know, if you see the red dot, that's, reco- I mean, it's like, yeah. sh- should I already I see, knew? Can I see you, the red dot. Can you dot. see a red dot? I Good. see the red <laughs> dot, yeah. <laughs> uh, my other uh, newspaper staff buddy, uh, he did episode one, and this is um, set four of cameras. Gotcha. Like, I, same sort of deal. It's like, yeah. I don't want to get the cheapest, but I want, and it's like, this this kind doesn't send, doesn't create the kind of format you need. Yeah. Send about. And the next one was like, this one doesn't talk to the laptop in the same. You got to do all these things. You're going to create yeah. all this storage space. It's a nightmare. Yeah. The third set, um, and then, you know, these are not char- fully charged. They need three hours to be fully charged, blah, blah, blah. And so a jankier version of those shelves was, and they were just sitting on things with like twist ties holding yeah. them. And one of them, looked like it charged all the way and the other one like the 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 filling up battery yeah and the external red light they never turned off and i was like this is that's a bad sign yeah so we start rolling and i look up at like uh, an hour and 15 i was like oh no my camera's off and my buddy's like mine's been off for like 45 minutes <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> you didn't say anything <laughs> so there's partial video for yeah. episode one and then a couple or three uh, where we've just lost video altogether yeah. and yeah makes editing easier <laughs> yeah it sure does but it's super super sad yeah um anyway uh thank you for being here um thanks for having me yeah absolutely um we have been talking for a, a minute and yeah if, if i can do something if the temperature needs to be colder or warmer Fine. okay yeah. um we've been talking for a bit uh you've you know had some gigs come up and like I, to me that always is like that's good news yeah like we this the time and space for this will be there should, yeah. should we choose to pursue it um so you, you you seem like a relatively busy guy doing dan jones stuff and then dan jones and the squids yeah. correct yes um and your partner is been you guys have been together for quite some time and yeah it's uh 2006 okay or seven yeah and uh support has been 
from your partner has been, you know, uh, high and mighty and positive and consistent all, all, all along that span? I certainly wouldn't be here if it weren't, <laughs> right, weren't yeah. for 110% and, and a lot of patience with the quirks of music and yeah. creativity and, you know. So, um, so you've got uh, Bandcamp. Uh, I think I saw 12 titles available for purchase or stream or yeah a um, couple of those are uh ones like uh some of those are demos they're kind of ongoing so kay. they're not like formal album releases but right on i think in terms of albums probably nine or ten okay yeah um and then danjonesmusic.com yeah um which has some tour dates and like a blog section yeah. and yeah, that's um, where I keep my blog and, um, you know, have the the perennial uh, store that I haven't quite built out yet, but all the stuff's on Bandcamp. So, sure, sure. So Bandcamp makes a pretty good brick-and-mortar store. Yeah. Or, or rather, storefront. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and then Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube are all yeah. other spots where people can find your stuff. Am I leaving uh-huh. something out? Uh, you said Facebook, Spotify, Bandcamp. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that if you, I, I use CD Baby as an aggregator to distribute digitally and they, I, they distribute everywhere. Okay. YouTube. So okay. If you're on a digital platform, I'm sure you can sure. find Dan Jones and the Squids. Nice. There, so, yeah. And that, um. Even like Chinese and Russian and, you know. Streaming services I've never heard of, you know, I see my penny come from <laughs> whatever. It Not, is. Yeah, hey, yeah. so we're going out tonight. Yeah, we're going out Chinese tonight. penny. That's right. Um, <laughs> and the uh, how did you land on squids? Um, I've thought about this. I I think you know I was living in Eugene at the time, putting together bands. Had a bunch of band names that I tried and it was like kind of a joke to have a different band name every time for a while I think um I think I was thinking of it as like a baseball team I think it was going to be Dan Jones and the Kansas City Squids oh cool nice in Eugene which I thought would just kind of overly clever yeah absolutely agreed Agreed. (laughs) and that became the Squids okay And, and um you know, in, in retrospect, I kind of wish I had just called it the Squids, or you know, it probably would have had to differentiate it somehow from other bands called that. But I've been Dan Jones and the Squids for a long time. It just seems to kind of it's stuck. And sure, it's kind of I've had another band called Golden Motors. You know between the Eugene squids and between moving to Kansas city and, um, you know, rebranding music is just kind of a, it's a pain. You know, so I mean, I mean, that band was not, that was a totally different thing, but mm. you know, to, to, to try to float multiple and identities or brands or whatever out there is, is, a lot of work. <laughs> so, yeah, so many I'd rather pe- write songs. <laughs> yeah. But. So many people have sat there and like, you know, maybe I see that they're part of two or three. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, they're like, well, then there's this thing and this other thing. It's like, you're in six bands. Yeah. And obviously, you know, 
one or two of those are are doing things much less frequently than others. Right. Otherwise, you know. Yeah. But it's like, oh, wow, that's yeah. not, that's, I mean, I don't have a brain that works like that. It's like, I here's kinda... my bucket of, of musical creativity, which I don't have. It's just an yeah. example. And here's my. Other than this, which is totally valid. <laughs> creativity Fair. I mean, and know. then here's my parenting bucket and here's my work but yeah i mean it's like uh um playing i mean i've messed around with guitar and i've messed around mm -hmm. with keys and have owned a bass and actually still own two turntables mm -hmm. uh, um but um i lacked the discipline to put in the hours with you know right it was like I just wanted it to be a superhero costume and, you know, yeah. upload. Um, right. and, but I know that I could, you know, uh, be, be good at guitar, piano, if I, but playing and singing, right. I don't think I have that brain. Like, yeah. I see, you know, you name him or her, and it's just yeah. like, man. Yeah. And, it's even, and it doesn't have to be busy. It, it can just be... And still, yeah. it's like no. Uh, th this is an engine that you know. Yeah. Uh, and then what, I got look. If I look over here, this one turns off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm kind of the same. I mean, I'm pretty, pretty chanky with with chords when I'm singing, and seldom do anything complex when I'm singing. Interesting. I, mean, I, I don't know how like Sting or Getty Lee or people <laughs> who do intricate things while they sing. Getty's that's pivoting kind of, his bass to get on the playing, synth and playing foot bass yeah foot keyboards yeah and stuff. I, that's that's currently beyond me <laughs> right right maybe the next newer version of me might have that yeah upload but yeah, maybe um, there's a pill yeah <laughs> it'll be a sci-fi movie about it <laughs> yeah how, the multitasking uh, pill yeah uh the people with no musical inclination wake up with some and the ones that already had it wake up is just you know wonders of the that's world a, that may have been done, but if it hasn't, that's a really yeah. good idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody should write that script and give us some royalty credits. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, uh, born and raised in Liberty. Mm hmm. Um, youngest of eight. Yep. Um, how did mom and dad meet? Uh, they met at the University of Nebraska in okay. Lincoln. So okay. In college. Cool. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, that's, you know. That would have been in the. 40s right yeah right um that's a wild scenario to me especially if, uh, one of eight especially being on one of the mm -hmm. ends and especially especially being on the youngest end because um there are siblings that you like didn't grow up with in, mm -hmm. a, in a sense yeah like maybe one or two are like already done yeah. with high school or, or yeah. whatever the case may be and then you're the relate once you're all in adulthood, and this is just my imagination, uh, your relationship with the siblings that you did grow up with is it's got to be different than yeah. the ones you didn't. But you're all siblings, equally yeah. equal parts. Yeah. So it is, it's very interesting dynamic, and um, I think when I was born, my two oldest siblings, my sis, two oldest sisters, everyone was at home when I was born. Like in. Like they were going to William Jewell and oh wow in the basement I think okay for like a year or two when I was oh born. wow so there was there was a big 
goings on. So everybody <laughs> uh, got you into your pajamas or, or yeah. gave you a bottle or something yeah. at some point. At some point. Nice. I do have an early memory of being uh, swung by my ankles around the room. <laughs> yeah. And seeing all the fa- all the faces going around yeah, and around, you yeah, know, it's kind yeah. of a funny. It's a funny memory of of how many people there were and what it was like. <laughs> What's the uh, uh, Goodwill Hunting where he meets the girl and she's there? There, it's working out, and so she's they're trying to get closer to him. She wants to see his place and meet his family, and yeah, he, he runs down this list of whatever fourteen siblings. Jimmy Jag, you know, yeah. <laughs> Right. As you're spinning around the room, yeah. you're like, there goes Sarah and Margaret and yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? Um, yep. So did your folks, um, were they folks that listened to music in the home when you guys were young? Um, yeah. Um, there were, actually the first record I chose was, was a hand-me-down. So there, was, there were vinyl records around, and um, my mom was a choir director. Okay. Um, dad wasn't, dad was liked a weird mix of country music and the Boston pops (laughs) and, uh, he liked Baroque classical music because he was an engineer. I think, Hmm. I think he liked the, the precision and complexity of really dry Baroque music for this kind of, kind of funny, but he'd go, he'd also listen to Johnny Cash and watch watch Hee Haw and, (laughs) um, Boston pop. Arthur Fiedler and the Boston Pops and okay. this thing, but um, yeah, the records around were soft rock and you know folk rock and West Coast country rock and um, not <clears throat> didn't really have a sibling with edgy tastes or until my sister Amy she went to the Art Institute and UMKC for a while I think and. Um, she saw Talking Heads mm. at at a uh, oh I'm blanking the, the municipal memorial no the small club on Main uh, uh, Grand Emporium oh okay so, like, yeah first tour you know so she wow. had a couple of their records and that that was a mind blow pretty yeah. much so um, yeah lots of lots of musicality in the family. I played trombone. My sister Beth played trombone. My sister Sarah played French horn. Oh wow! I went to study that in school. <coughs> um, <clears throat> my oldest sister was a, a is a pianist and accompanist, and um, so yeah, lots of music, but not cool. a lot of approval for rock and roll. But <laughs> well, you gotta start somewhere, though. Yeah. Right? Um, so did. Each of you, in some sense, uh, ultimately begin a, collect- a collection of your own, and um, if so, do you remember uh, f- a first non-hand-me-down, first purchase or acquisition via trade or whatever? Yeah, um, the first, I remember being sick and having the flu and asking for Billy Joel, Ooh. 52nd Street. Man. So that was, I got that, um, I guess, as a sympathy gift nice tg and y or whatever yeah in, in Liberty. yeah yeah um because i was a I, billy joel was kind of my jam in fourth fifth sixth grade yeah for sure absolutely i uh um 
first purchase, uh, I rode, I went to stay with my dad for the weekend and, and, and rode my bike to Ford Parkway Mall and uh, whichever, Sam Goody or Music yeah. One, one of the two, uh, Led Zeppelin Four and Innocent Man, yeah, both on cassette. And nice. it was like, what, uh, you know, yeah. what, a, what a mix, what a yeah. pair. Um, yeah. And I was like, I need more money yeah. now to go back and just you know got your lawn mowing money oh lawn lawn, yes yeah. yes babysitting cutting grass i mean it, yeah all the way up so i mean it's like i you know i see you've had vinyl right yeah. your whole life and and i'm assuming that you're continuing to add to it now yeah and and you know so records get put on at yeah. your place and it's i mean I had so much fun this morning listening to the records that I listed for you. Cool. Uh, although I didn't have them all in vinyl, but right. um, still, it was. I just, uh, I, I, so I was a, a tape holdout uh-huh. like till late 90s. Till past CDs. Way past, to yeah. the point where, like, the, I said this before on here, but there was a music store on Main Street in my college town, and, uh, yeah. the, you know. He knew, like I I spent a ton of money in there and yeah. like it got to a point where like certain new releases they weren't making the offer you could special order it yeah and it got to, like he went for this trajectory of like you know when I would walk in he'd be like that's a fat sale yeah. to like he'd see me come and be like dude and I was like I I'm, as soon as I convert to CDs the next thing yeah is gonna come out. And it's, so here we are in this vinyl renaissance, and it's like thirty three bucks for roughly for your cheapest. Yeah, and it's like God, you know, yeah. it's heavy, and they take up room, and yeah. you got to be careful, and yeah, uh, you know. Anyway, it's so. Do you still have your tapes? I do. I yeah. have almost a thousand of them. I mean, wow. I, I sold a bunch to yeah. like, you, you know, uh, my my spots were. Um, well, it went from Peaches to Sound Warehouse to CD Warehouse at 75th yeah. and Metcalf, but next door to or a couple doors down was Exile. Yeah. And it was, they had t-shirts and they used and you could, so I would take yeah. some in there. It's like, I don't actually need all the ACDC tapes, like some of them. They're not all amazing. Yeah. And I need, if I sell a couple of them, I can buy, you know, this, whatever I was into at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually, for a short spell, uh, lived in a pickup truck with a camper shell, and, yeah. like all my belongings and my dog. Yeah. Um, and I, there's these, you know, steel loops just inside the tailgate. Yeah. And my, so my hundred, they're wooden hundred cassette holders. Yeah. So they would be, they would have to be upright and facing each other. Yeah. And bungee corded to those loops in yeah. order to not, you know, whenever yeah. I would turn or whatever, <laughs> That's awesome. what am I doing? And then, and then if I want to, you know, and yeah. I got a 12 cassette case logic with a Walkman and, you know, yeah. it's like, if I want to swap tapes out, it's this whole ordeal to yeah, like, pull over. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Pull over, get out, get yeah. in the back, undo stuff. They didn't make 500 tape changers. No, then. no, yeah. <laughs> they didn't. They and should. then, and then, which I mean, Lord, um, trying to, you know, you fill up one, you get another hundred holder and it's like, yeah. 
All right, I got it. Now I got to shuffle all the Z's mm-hmm. over to here and the Y, you know, and, and yep. spread out, leave space for new additions. But eventually those gaps close and you got to move again. It's it like, happens with every media, right? Yeah, the records exactly. and CDs. Yeah, except for streaming. Yeah. It's like, I mean, uh, it's all yep. just boop. But uh, so how about first show? Uh, first concert mm-hmm. was Billy Joel. Okay. Um, second concert was the police first, uh, intimate upfront punk rock show was me puppets. Cool. So, wow. Yeah. What a mix. Yeah. Um, and then how long are you tromboning? Um, sixth grade through now kind of. No kidding. You still have, I still have it. I don't play it much, but, um, I actually released a few funny kind of trombone songs on my, home recordings uh project on my band camp okay. page cool I've played with a local band called drop a grand a few times they're kind of art garage performance art rock um and i've played um under the name uh what is my name <laughs> i can't remember my drop a grand name <sighs> well I'm a, I'm a canadian uh expat basically uh, okay plays trombone okay. in the horns of manitoba with my friend mark nice um so but i st- i played i played trombone studied took lessons played in groups all through college okay so and then, cool and, and what, was where'd you go university of iowa iowa that's so right that's right um I was playing at a pretty high level um but didn't want to go on the audition mm. circuit or become a band director the things that you would do to kind of typically in that world yeah so i didn't have a degree in, in but i was playing a lot playing the jazz band the orchestra cool. the band small group so great background great thing to do um at kadesh flow on he did and hit oh, yeah. with the trombone shorty album was uh-huh. one and it was like i mean just start to finish it was whichever like i can't remember the name of the record but it was yeah incredible yeah and then a cat named ian hollowell goes by cheeto flow uh-huh um he had an his list was like mind blow there's a band on there called marvin huh um just and he had um i should remember um but he had a jazz a horn player who would like and there's a term for it uh, you know like you're he, he's playing like through like he's wearing a horn and and, and playing another one and doing yeah. some kind of like cir- multiphonics circular, circular breathing. yes yeah. and i'm like what same like yeah. a whole other play and sing at the same Maybe time steve teray might have been steve teray i'll look yeah. it up when we're done but yeah. um anytime and then um trey anastasio from fish mm-hmm. does this i don't know if he's still doing him but he has been doing for a number of months now uh, this little series where he just walks around with his phone and it goes up to somebody that does motor exchange on the light rig and, and somebody that is in the truck running computers and yeah. uh, a trombonist whose name is a female trombonist. She's amazing. Her name's escaping me right now. But anyway, he'll walk up and be like, what are you doing? And then they explain what they, yeah. they do. And so... 
he went and and so they had a like a that that clip was like 13 15 minutes long yeah and she's talking about seven tones and yep. the way to manipulate in between is with different muscles in your lips and yeah. all like i was like that's freaking crazy it just you just think it's yeah. you know kind of the it's cartoon a, horn or whatever it's a hard it's a hard instrument it's a beautiful instrument yes. it's also an instrument that make people make fun of you know sad trombone or whatever oh, yeah. like <laughs> sure um sure what's the, what is it uh what's the definition of optimism a trombone player with a pager <laughs> <laughs> That's really uh, good. Yeah. Um but it's a it's a the muscle memory involved in playing the horn with your armature and your lips and your pressure and Yes. And, Thank and you. the position of the slide position yeah. is is really um, you know, special thing, you know, it's ten thousand hours. Ten thousand hours. I think I did get ten thousand hours. <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah. Um but I mean at some point uh you make a transition and is it to guitar? Yeah, I picked up guitar around 15, okay. 14 or 15 and um kind of had a little had a band with uh Steve Tulipana who was on your show. Is that the proper pronunciation, Tulipana? I've always said it pan. I think he says it pan, okay. but I say I was like, I don't dude, know, I've but, just been uh, I've full probably, force. <laughs> I should ask him since I've <laughs> since known him known since me. I'm 13, but um <laughs> No, um, we had a band called Corndog Jamboree. Nice. And played the talent show. And um, I was always fiddling around with it and all through college and just kind of, it's kind of what I really like to do, you know. Um, but I was following the trombone music path and the English major path. And uh, that was what I signed up for. So that's kind of what I focused on. But all that time I was seeing bands and buying records and, sure. and passionate about it and um took that out of that era of life and it was actually kind of later when i started playing could find the focus to finish tunes and start playing them at open mics and stuff when i was 27 or 28 so what do you remember little, what it felt like the first time um i remember it was the first time i would say i was at a party on uh fourth avenue in eugene with my friend joe i think it was ivan's house and <laughs> shout uh, out to ivan yeah shout out to ivan <laughs> um and i played a buck owens song oh wow in front and 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 i think i was pretty scared and like sure. pound, pounded a beer or whatever and then um joe always used to imitate the scared look on my face and then me just cranking on the acoustic guitar just like raking it you know just out of fear or whatever right so it was my taking my, out some anxiety <laughs> yeah. on it yeah i think it was love's gonna live here huh um which is a great song um and yeah i think that was the first time i played by myself what know? about i mean that's you know, a party is is not nothing but it's also not quite stepping onto a stage as an open mic yeah. i would imagine I think it was, what was that? I think it was probably an open mic at a little cafe in Eugene 
called Cafe Paradiso, or maybe I might have entered the Folk Fest at, in Eugene and actually won for the tune I wrote. And, cool. Um, from there, I think I might have picked up an opening gig. Oh, wow. At, at a place called Sam Bond's Garage, where okay. I played about a million times in Eugene nice. when I lived there. So for a long time, it was a lot of fear, but I think at some point the fear just turned into you you sort of you get mad at the fear and yeah. that that becomes your get out of the way. Yeah, that becomes your um fuel. I don't know if that's healthy or not, but well, it de- it definitely felt like I I feel the fear but I'm kind of like you know competing with myself up yeah. here. Yeah. And today? Yeah. How, is there any left at all? Can you um, tell that a little bit? I yeah, a little bit. It it um yeah, I mean, but feel pretty comfortable playing with my friends, with yeah, Steve and Matt, and um, we're kind of doing it for each other and sure. doing it doing it for fun. And um, part of it, part of my, I don't think people want to see you feel afraid. They are on your side and. They want to see you having fun, and they want right. to have fun. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. You know, so, um, probably if there's new material and new things, I'll get nervous about messing them up or, or whatever. But you know, it's pretty much fun. Now, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> a wild thing, you know, in that uh, you're gonna go play a new song for the first time mm-hmm. live. Um, n- nobody knows if you miss a change or yeah. leave out a line or whatever yeah unless unless it's you know observable on you i mean and there's like other areas in life yeah you know where you could apply that but still right it's like God, sweaty palms and yep. feel my heart rate a little hot you know what i'm saying it's like and and it's kind of a kind of version of the 80 20 rule like they may pick up on 20 percent of something you amp you distort into 80 percent failure you know right very people are far more forgiving and don't you know right yeah um so that essentially though guitar and trombone have been yeah i've picked up some drums to play on my own demos and real primitive i play bass on my own demos and cool uh, keyboards and stuff but that's partly computer a computer assist because I can just play the track over and over again until I learn changes or sure. learn to keep the keep the tempo or keep keep the um, drum beat going long enough to finish. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so not very good at any of those things. <laughs> uh, so the squids. Um, how many roughly um, outfits? did you gig with or record with or whatever uh, until yeah. you sort of found a home if, if for lack of a better phrase um the squids and eugene were i would say from so i was in i joined a band my friend ed cole who um was a dear friend and um somebody who i don't know inspires me to keep going you know but i joined ed's band activator and i was playing in that band while doing the acoustic thing and sort of 
Um, and then got a, a small startup record deal for a solo Dan Jones thing. Oh, wow. Cool. And, that, and had, a, had a combo going into that and twisty turny, but I mean, tried different names, different personnel. Um, started the squids during that process, and that was um, Dave Snyder, Eric Jensen, and Eugene. And we probably played, we made that, half of that record was sort of with them, and we played that lineup probably played a year and i don't know the squids then just started morphing okay and, and there were probably 20 different members over five or six years with people coming and going sure. it's kind of a pickup band in a way yeah um but there was sort of a, i don't know if you, there's a through point yeah of that, course that that is the squids and um you know, part of the pickup band factor is you just you're starting to play the same things over and over again because you you have an algebra of common tunes that you know, yeah. and it gets smaller as you you know practice less and um, so I kind of closed the loop on that in about 2007 or eight and started Golden Motors. And oh wow! Okay, that was that was from 2008 to 2013 was my primary band in Eugene heck of a run and um we made two records which and we were definitely practice every Tuesday work at it you know we had a work ethic that was that was and we were we were firing on all cylinders as a two guitar um pretty powerful rock band you know nice um and then um Tracy and I moved to KC in 2013, and um, I kind of I was I didn't want the Gold Motors to have provisional membership of here you do this gig and you, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So that was done. Um, didn't didn't revive that under here, but I revived Squids here. We played under Squids KC for a while, mm. and I, that was when I was like, I'm not doing another facebook page for a band with a different name oh, and, you know I all that you. stuff so, yeah uh, so i became dan jones and the squids that was that was a four piece for the first record um and then we were a three piece now um alex mm -hmm. alexander played lead guitar on the first record in the first three or four years i guess of our existence sure um and then i just kind of scaled it back to be more of a power trio Cool. Um, now, that's that's what it's been. Um, so ten years has been essentially the same membership. Wow. Here, which is the longest lived band I've ever had. Right. Um, and I, I may may have covered a little bit bit of this with Steve, but uh, are you guys still um, getting together regularly to practice? I know you're gigging, so like. Where's the practice spot? And then if you do record, yeah. where's the record spot? Um, we practice, um, I would say, we have been playing the same set for a long time and probably practice once a month or every three weeks. Okay. Sometimes if a gig's coming up, we'll practice once a week for a couple weeks. Um, 
So we'll either practice um, at Mini Bar, which Steve owns. Right, right. Which is a privilege, you know. Yes. We can, we can haul our stuff up there. Sometimes there's a drum set up there. Um, or we'll practice. We used to practice in my attic, but I moved it down to the basement, which feels a little better. It was cramped in the attic and feels more like a garage band in the garage, <laughs> basement yeah. garage. Right. Um, so it's it's there. Cool. Or, or Mini Bar. And... Um, yeah, I mean the 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 capacity for a band to learn new material is is you know limited, and I think we're at a place where we just did a new record, and um, you know I get I get cranky about doing the same things. Is it the one you brought me? Yeah, that just that that was uh, our fall. That's uh, I think the official date was September first. Oh, look at that record yeah. bar. Rock and yep. roll daydreams. Yep. We've got what? Three, four, five, six, seven. A better part of a dozen tracks, it looks like. Yeah, I think 12 but, or 13. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I'm guessing it's somewhere in the 40s running time. It is a snappy 33. 33. Minutes, okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that, yeah. that tracks. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of the tunes are, are uh, a minute and 20. Okay. You know, kind of. Kind of, kind of fast, faster tunes. So, um, it's taken me a long time to learn. I think that it's, it's probably better to go out of town and play a set you're, you feel tired of in some ways, and kind of reinvigorate it in front of new people than, sure. than it is to, to just roll over and play more new tunes for the same. I mean, there's there's room for both. Sure. But, but it's a little bit more of a I don't know. You get your you get your act together. That's where that phrase comes from. Apparently, it took me a long time to learn it. But um, you get that act together, and then you can go play it. You know. Can you say a little bit more about uh, the capacity for bands to learn or or new material um, or, or add to? Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, I'm a prolific writer, so I demo things by myself at sure. home and release them on Bandcamp or whatever. But you have to have receptivity and presentness and and openness to pick up new tunes. If you're and, not the author, yeah, of it. yeah, okay. and that's a and, and that's a huge thing to ask from from people. Sure. You know? um, so I've been really lucky to have usually in in any project. I think if you're a writer, singer-songwriter, you might have a band that's fully present once a week or uh, whatever you're doing it, if you're lucky or more, you know. Um, but oftentimes there's one person. There's like a musical director, a sidekick, a foil, somebody who's like... And for us, that's more Matt, our drummer. I mean, we'll get together as a duo and kick around new tunes and okay. that kind of thing. So there's usually... Um, there's there's got to be a chance to air it out in front of your peers, your your band, see if it feels good, see if sure. they're in, see if they're interested, right? If they're not, it's usually you know do something else with it or whatever. So so over um, the course of the time that you guys have been playing together, um, have there uh, been s- situations where you bring a new song and it you know 
it works and then you some where you bring it in it just kind of never feels right and then also some where you just never bring them at all and just kind of stays your own thing lots of lots in the last category um i would say i mean i can think of a few we've tried and um some of that's just keeping them in mind you know um the ones that really works um surprise surprise are easy to remember (laughs) (laughs) so so you know there's an interest in playing them again you know right or they're they're fully formed or they've got a hook that works oh cool so you know so i guess yes is the answer sometimes songs surface and then disappear sure other times right they, they come back you know um and they continue to come back and it's a it's a it's sort of a with time being scarce and attention being scarce if a song makes the cut then with the right people it's sort of the right song and it's going to be and i would say that the two new tunes that we have that have aren't on this new I'm sorry, um, I, I didn't mention the year. What when did this come out this year, 2023? Yeah, that came out like September Septem- was its okay. official date. Okay, September first. And then you have two new song, two two songs that are newer than that yeah. collection of songs. Yeah, and those have been coming along for honestly a couple years. Okay, so very um, cool. So I think those songs work, and um, that's the pace at which we do it. And if I want to make another record. I could probably make a 15 song record starting tomorrow no, I was just if I say wanted tomorrow. to. Yeah. yeah, if with with, you know, in a different musical culture, you know, or just whatever. But right. the our our culture is our family. Right. <laughs> our band is our fan is right. a family and it's not it's not that level of it's not a productive. Sure family in the sense of you know we're gonna we're gonna make a record every six months right every year yeah. or whatever you make so a record when it works record making yeah. time comes around mm-hmm. and, yeah um so practicing uh, sometimes at record bar but and moved from the attic to the basement and then when you do record where's that happen um the last two we've done at uh, temple sounds okay okay that across, sounds familiar across the street from record bar nice um, no longer there. The their their lease either the their lease was either up or the price went up. Anyway, that's kind of a dissolved. Okay. And JB, who was our engineer, co-producer, friend, and midwife of the last two albums, he's a kind of bearded midwife, I guess. Funny. Kind of big, burly midwife. Sure. But um, <laughs> he's he's working at a massive sounds okay yeah that also sounds familiar yep um and then like is that uh okay so all the tracks have been laid down and recorded and Mm -hmm. and then so here's the person the the midwife or the person that's yeah sort of handling uh the engineering and the production the mixing and all or is that a thing where uh they're like here you go. Now it's done. Or are you dipping in and like offering opinions and feedback or uh, how does that, what does that look like? That, um, very collaborative, very, uh, casual. Okay. Uh, 
and partly because we came in really prepared. We've been playing the tunes a lot. You know? Sure. Um, we actually released them as a live album during the pandemic. So okay. we had practiced them a lot. And nice. Recorded them live and spat them out, you know. Um, didn't come out on a record. It was just a digital release. Sure. But it was something fun to do during that weird time. Yeah. So anyway, we were, we were prepared so we could set them up and knock them down. And that's, okay. that's crucial. Something, you know, you, know, you got to learn that um, in... As a beginner, you know, the classic story is the kids go into the studio and they've got like a hippie jazz producer and they spend their entire budget setting the drums up and they don't, the person doesn't like their music and they, you know, get one song, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, it's so a nightmare. Yeah. So you, you're, especially if you're going to go into like an unsympathetic situation or a, or a, you're just getting started and you don't really know what you're doing. You go to someone's studio, know your know your tunes so you can play them. Of you course. Know? So best of both worlds is you got your act together. You're with a peer and a co co creator like JB um, Moreland, and um, you cut the songs. You play them four or five times. You pick the best take. Right. All these all these last two records. Really, any record I've done. Um, with the exception of one, was just kind of setting up in the room and cutting the scratch vocal and playing live pretty much and then doing overdubs. So, um, and he is judicious with his input and, you know, most good engineers and producers are real, real judicious and quiet with their input and don't, you know. Nice. You know, it matters when they say something and... (laughs) matters when they don't you know so right um recommend anyone listening to work with jb if they want a cool. good engineer and producer um and then um i definitely saw st louis as a mm-hmm. as a spot on the recent calendar and i feel like there was some other stuff in the region yeah, we're going to St. Louis in two weeks, and then Omaha, Omaha. a week after that. Okay. Um, that's that's pushing it for us. I mean, in our lives and our yeah. lifestyles. So, what does that look like when you do? I mean, are you guys uh, like, is it an Airbnb situation? Is it every man for himself? Do you crash with friends? I mean, um, usually it's um, like we went up to Cedar Falls, in Iowa, and played at a. At the Octopus up there, which is a club run by our... <laughs> the Squids at the Octopus. Uh, yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Dave and Barb from the band House of Large Sizes okay. uh, run that run that club. So it was really special to get up, go up there and play. And, you know, we did um, hotels, you know. Okay. Was, but it's definitely the days of... of uh, party chaos or anything are long gone yeah you know never really were that for me but um yeah it's pretty pretty uh easy well, well those <laughs> yeah. are definitely um shouldn't be anything too uh overwhelming in terms of anxiety as far as the act just the drive right like st louis the worst you got is you know that 70s a little hairy when it's busy right but i mean omaha is pretty 
pretty chill, That's right? Easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that you know, I, I'm you know, Denver would be like now you're talking a day, a day is added each way. Yeah. And things just got. Yeah. Way more expensive in terms of time and money. Yeah. You know. Um, you're kind of looking for weekenders. Yeah. At our yeah. at our stage, I mean, a week might be doable. Um, when everyone's vacation time aligns, you know? right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah. Well, cool. Very, it's, it's, um, you know, a fascinating, um, industry, uh, practice, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Like it's, you know, uh, culture, culture. Okay. Yeah. It's, and it's, and yeah. it's, uh, you know, having, having never done that or been close to it, it's like, uh, I have to watch how much of a sponge i turn into it's like yeah. i want to know all the things oh no, like, yeah you that's, know that's how'd you learn what chords go you know yeah um but uh thank you again for being here and uh your, your list was um wonderful yeah appreciate you sending it um and it came with uh, uh a couple links to some uh-huh. educational tidbits um and if we kind of roll through them uh chronologically and terms of release it starts with self little local ish flair and self-titled ozark mountain daredevils can i hold this up please do yeah that's you over there uh 1973 first of eight for them 10 tracks 38 minutes uh know the hits which for me are uh if you want to get to heaven and jackie blue and maybe there's a third um Always. Those are probably the two. Yeah. Um, Although Jackie Blue's on the album after this. Yes. I think. Yes. Um, which is like if it'll shine when it shines or something like that. Yes. Something. Yeah. Um, newfound appreciation for them though to sit down and consume an album. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, an, an art form that I, you know, when it was born. Obviously love. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. When it was born, it was like uh, it, it quickly developed steam, and you get this huge window of uh, double albums, and yeah, uh, that's you know kind of where all the the you know blew the budget on setting up the drums, like all yeah. those stories of garage band that you know somebody ponies up for studio time, yeah. and how many fights that happened, and choosing cover art and um, yeah. uh, song the songs that are going to make it and what sequence they're in running time credits, you know, uh, all of it is, uh, you know, wonderful yeah. to me. I mean, yeah. not, not the fighting and the budget yeah. stuff, but hopefully anyway. And then, you know, uh, uh the point being, um, they kind of rolled strong in, in different shapes and forms in the eighties and, uh, kind of had a, you know, springboard into the nineties. And it's like, I don't know where we are now. Like there's a lot of folks that subscribe to the, uh, I just drop singles, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't, yeah. I never press vinyl or, or have yeah. CDs produced. Um, <clears throat> but, um, so point being, it, it was fantastic to sit down and listen to this one. Yeah. Um, and you said, this was a, a hand-me-down or one that came from yeah. the, the family home. Yeah, I think there were multiple copies of this floating around. Nice. F- 
from my brother and one of my sisters. I'm not sure which one, but um, yeah, I listen to this lots and lots, you know, age of seven, eight, nine years old. Sure. On a little weird console. Yeah, yeah. Console um, record player we had. And um, I mean, it's a, it's a, I think it's partly, I think, um, it's co-produced by Glenn Johns, and I think okay. it was concurrent or right after Who's Next. So, so he was on a he was on a roll. He was, oh, he wow. was one of the greats, you know. So I think it's a kind of a perfect cool. record in a lot of ways, and you can actually hear the the Who have uh, rural sounds embedded in their music that you, you know you don't necessarily think of them, right? But um, it's it's an interesting pairing to go back to back with those two. Huh. Just this is not the heavy arena rock, of course. Right. That album is, but very um, very interesting. Yeah. Um, in, in the <coughs> excuse me, in the um, production slash fidelity, and it's almost like and rural. I think is a great. Mm-hmm. So the, so here's the sa- the sound of the music coming out, and it's ruralish but it's also kind of it's not like thoroughly clean and polished but it's yeah. pretty clean yeah and then like the vocals it's almost like they turned it down in the mix or their equipment yeah i, I, I don't it was it intentional i mean it had to have been right it's pretty organic it's but pretty it's, organic. it's like yeah they're, they're like uh-huh off mic or turned down uh-huh. or something and a, a couple times i'm like Dude, yeah this is really nice i don't want to strain yeah but it also works yeah it's interesting yeah um maybe that's the rural part is that you're not um you don't have that lead singer avatar good point uh preacher you know in front of the band right. like classic rock tends to have you know <laughs> yes and um, I don't know, I think it's a collection of great songs, and it's it's just dear to me from being a little kid. Sure. But I also think it's um, it's got elements of yacht rock. It's got elements of con- it's definitely country rock and yeah. rock and um, folk music, and it's it's you put it up there with um, Loggins and Messina and Almond Brothers sure. and. Uh, I don't know many many other country rock artists, but I think it's got a weirdness to it that's interesting. Yeah, and, um, so many different writers on it, and I used to just look at this. I used to look at this thing, you know, at these guys, and it's falling apart. But um, just these pictures of like. Their bass player sleeping in a twin bed out in the yard. <laughs> um, old cars, you know, acoustic instruments, dogs, cows. Um, just like, I was like, wow, this is how a band hangs out, you know. Right. This is, this is them. This is their, like, They're giving I didn't know what a commune was or what hippies were or sure. any of that stuff. I just thought, I always looked at that and I was like, they have a really weird life out in the country and they play music. <laughs> and and um, Snapshot into yeah. what's going on. Well, I was uh, enjoying it and found it interesting. And then uh, uh, track five, Colorado song, I was like, dude, this is 
Yeah. Really, really nice. I thought I thought it would probably yeah. sort of trickle off after that, but then Road to Glory, I think, is track seven, maybe. Yeah. And it was also I was like, dude, like that's a great song. I mean, these are both like yeah. I would put them right up there with uh, Get to Heaven and Jackie Blue. I mean, right. Like, I- interesting what lands or landed yeah. in that hits or who? Yeah. Who, who was it that was like these two? Yeah. These two will get in the airplay. You know, yeah. it's like, how about we get, get one or two other people to weigh in on <laughs> One had the boogie, and the other one had a little bit of a, a male-female intrigue, but the other two you mentioned are more, oh, they're kind of spiritual songs yeah. or, or yeah. psychedelic songs right. or kind of melancholy songs. I mean, their secret weapon is Larry Lee has like a couple of ballads on every record. Oh, wow. Uh, he's one of their writers and singers, you know, and it's like he'd get he'd get a couple tunes on every record that were. I don't think he had those two. I think his two on this one were were uh, Spaceship Orion. Was, okay, yeah, and the other one was Within Without. Oh yeah, which is. Are you a contact wearer? No, you just you're you just rolling with solid vision at this point. I wear glasses, reading glasses, but I had to. I got it. Oh, Without got, him, I got to do that. I see. Yeah. I see. I see. But, okay. Yeah. Um, well, that was a, a, a great treat um, and a good way to start off. And then, um, you know, moving into the category of one of my personal favorites. Did, did you bring? You didn't bring Zuma. Uh, actually, I was. I was. Uh, Yes, I did bring Zuma. You did bring Zuma. Yeah, great. I was thinking Lou Reed because uh, oh. thinking thinking in in order in biographical order, but oh right. Um, well, now release. I'm just looking we at do, release. We here. can do release. Yeah. So, but but long time. Yeah. Uh, but I've never really spent that much time with this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have it. I've listened to it front to back, but I I'm probably. I don't know, doing that weird thing where it's like yeah. I'm just waiting to get to Cortez the Killer and I listen to that and then I'm, I'm yeah. kind of checked out. Yeah. Can I get you something else to drink? No, I'm good. Are you I'm, sure? I'm, I'm almost, I've got some left. Okay. My okay. Liquid, liquid death mountain water. That's right. Murder your thirst. That's some heavy branded water there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, so um. this one was, um, for, first of all, um, I'm pretty sure it's the first episode to have the first list to have a neil young oh cool album yeah no somebody might have had everybody knows this is nowhere yeah that, anyway um so like you know self-proclaimed neil young expert yeah and i go to his discography and i'm like what is happening what is happening there are like <clears throat> 30 you know uh, plus records and it's like the Neil and the Crazy Horse and yeah. Crosby—it's all woven. And I'm like, no, like, yeah. So, but thankfully, I could. What is that word? Disambiguate or whatever. Yeah. And go to just the Crazy Horse stuff. Yeah. Which you know, I was able to make some more sense of. Um, Have you ever looked at his website? I think you can subscribe for four bucks a month or five bucks a month and get into the archives and. No. Yeah, I've heard that's if you're a fan, it's okay. It's, I haven't done it, but right, it's pretty awesome. Well, I uh, you know there's so much on there, not just that big list, mm-hmm. but then, I mean, he's he's 
you know he's still that's prolific. what i'm saying like yeah. I, I checked in for colorado when yeah. that came out but before that it was like all the way back to mirror ball or maybe yeah. broken arrow and there's records in between and more records yeah. and it's like i don't deserve to dive into that if i haven't you know yeah anyway um i'm due i'm due <laughs> right. myself yeah 1975 second of 15 with crazy horse nine tracks 36 minutes um if i were to be a gambling guy uh you know zuma isn't one i would expect for folks to have on their list yeah you know what i mean it's like uh harvest and harvest moon yeah. and a uh, hundred yeah. other but anyway to, what's uh what's the story with this one for you uh it was a time of my life that i discovered it um which would have been 9091 okay so i didn't really know from neil young at that point in my life i mean passing familiarity but you start you know that was the era of Uncle Tupelo, Jayhawks, Blue Mountain, yeah. all the all the Americana boom that kind of started. Yep. And I was in Iowa City and picking up on all that stuff. It was kind of like the wave after post-punk, essentially, was where that kind of went, you know. And so this album and Graham Parsons and Flying Burrito Brothers, you had to know. That that's what it, you're going to those shows with your friends and also discovering rediscovering these things so this album it was kind of the hardest to, for me to listen to because it was it's a sad album there's a bitterness towards a woman or a lover or whatever an ex that's kind of perm permeates it um which i didn't really catch on to at the time but i don't know that time of my life was not you know i was depressed a lot and mm. kind of it was a lone kind of lonesome time or whatever so this record wasn't exactly f it's a beautiful record i was of and, and when i reviewed my choices this was like oh man that took me back to some times you know but for neil i think neil young i think it's um this is the guitars are super clean it's pretty naked there's a few acoustic couple acoustic ballads on there of course it's got Cortez the Killer, right. which is a stone cold classic yeah. of any genre, <laughs> um, and a garage band staple, you know, yeah. at this point. Which, um, you know, um, when I was really, really diving in, uh, th that one, and maybe it's because I didn't, you know, acquire Zuma, but I mean, I knew so much Neil Young before I heard Cortez for the first time, yeah. and then I was like, what yeah is the, i mean it's <laughs> this reminds me of my friend patrick hayden who was a squid for a while and eugene sent me a cd burn of like 12 live versions of cortez the killer really by by crazy horse yeah okay i gotta find that I'll send wow it, i'll send it to you if i can find it well there yeah. is um i it's embarrassing how many times i've watched this but there's a youtube video of uh a cover of this at uh an award ceremony called the jammies yeah have you seen this no okay um i'm not going to be able to um get all the names um but so it's it's like the i don't know how long this thing lived but it's the yeah. jam, jam band award ceremony yeah so uh grace potter 
from Grace Potter and the Nocturnals uh-huh. is on keys and, and vocals. Joe Satriani is on lead. Stephen Perkins is on Jane's Addiction. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, Steve Kimock yeah. is on rhythm. Uh, there's a guy named Wally. He, I can't remember his last name, but he plays trumpet. Um, and I'm leaving uh, the bassist. I can see him. Anyway, um, the guy from Widespread Panic. No, uh, no. uh, um, If if you saw his name, you'd be like, "Oh no, he's from this outfit uh, or outfits." But uh, it is bananas. It is so good. They cut. I mean, it's only four minutes and change. Yeah. So they and you can tell because she leaps. She skips a whole verse. Yeah. Um, But it's like. they had to have rehearsed in some form, I would imagine together. Yeah. And not on their own, but it's like they start and like almost from start to finish, the look on their faces looking at one another is like, we are killing this. Yeah. And they're having so much, oh my God, yeah. it's great. Oh, I gotta look that it, it up. It makes, you know, yeah. It, I got all the years of FM radio being sort of wired to that four yeah. minute, 30 second mark. Yeah. You take the, take three minutes away. And it's like, Oh yeah, this is how it, long yeah. it was supposed to be, you know? Right. Not, not really. But yeah. anyway, uh, that's all I would love to see like, uh, your buddies. Yeah. Burn CD. And like, what is it about each of these versions yeah. that made you like, yeah, oh, this is a thing I'm going to do, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Cool stuff though. Yeah. Um, and then did you you did bring Wildside? I no. I could not find it. Could not find it. Um, very fascinating. Yeah. Seventy seven greatest hits record, forty one minute runtime, eleven tracks. Um, I got it on cassette, which nice. I appreciate. Very nice. And I uh, tried to find it, but I was afraid I'd get a brown recluse bite, so I, <laughs> I stopped digging. <laughs> um. So studio albums for uh, I don't even I mean Velvet Underground did four technically studio uh, albums. Yes. There's self-titled Nico, White, Light White Heat, and then Loaded. Yeah. And yep. and and but but Lou Reed was more your jam than Velvet stuff. Yeah. Fair to say. Yeah, I I discovered this album. Um, aforementioned Billy Joel, you mm-hmm. know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Um, discovered our our record store that we knew of when we were not old enough to drive was like the Music Land and mm. at Metro North, yeah, on Berry Road, and um, we discovered discovered David Bowie mm. and his glam rock tapes were always in the bargain bin, you know. Let's Dance came out, and that, and then we went back, and and so it was through Bowie that I discovered Lou Reed. Reading, I bought books about Bowie. I was obsessed. Um, went from like George Brett posters to <laughs> full drag, full drag Ziggy Stardust posters. Your parents like, like my, I don't know what's going on there. But... My mom was pretty flipped out, but um, so Bowie, I discovered Lou Reed, and. It was in that same bargain bin that I probably found Diamond Dogs and Pin Up Ziggy Stardust, Aladdin Sane, um, Funhouse, Stooges. Okay. Um, 
these weren't big sellers in the suburbs of Kansas City. <laughs> Night, you know, right? But I found this tape. But by golly, a copy of it made it to that store, yeah. and there you were. I was there to get it. So yeah, that that um, that tape was. Um, there was just something about his delivery was yeah. so, is so dry, and um, it just it didn't. I was. Like, where did this come from? How does this guy get to sing like this yeah. and make records? Because his voice is is not real technically accomplished or whatever. It's kind of got some Dylan-esque stuff going on. But um, but personality but, to it. And person, it's all personality. And it's the, it was really pivotal, you know. He's, he's telling a story. I mean, like the Ozark Mountain Daredevils. Yeah, there's a world in that. My imagination from that, you know, as a child's point of view. But, you know, with Lou Reed, it's definitely like, and I like looking at all your books here behind you because I have read a lot of them. But, I mean, he's a writer, you know, and yeah. his his songs are fragmented and they allude to things that aren't are off screen. And he introduces a character's name and gives them two lines and you wonder who candy is and then he's on to the next character right you know i didn't know the the world he was talking about obviously the kind of druggy trans club life you know whatever even his look i mean yeah the obviously bowie's a different look but then you it's like i kind of it's like you know what the bowie look is more than you know what his look like. even though yeah. his his clothes and things might yeah. match up more with what you're using I, I don't know it's like what what's going on over there yeah you know yeah who who is this normal sounding dude singing about this mysterious stuff in yeah. this conversational way and it just um so love that um i think that cassette has a Two or three songs from Transformer. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, it's got uh, a song for from Berlin, uh, which has killer trombone in it. Okay, um, just pedal tones, just ripping through it at, in the choruses, um, and then Walk on the Wild Side, of course, um, and then side two is is three like Blitzkrieg. Lou Reed, it is, you know, probably from Rock and Roll Animal and uh, with Steve Hunter playing guitar and just like balls out rock and roll. Yeah. You know, I mean, you put it next to anything. Um, and then the coda of this collection, you know, who knows who put this collection together, but the coda is kind of Coney Island Baby, which I think okay. is a, one of my all time favorite tunes all-time favorite ballads just the sweetest saddest tenderest song you know and and listen to that tape a million times so nice um from there i i discovered his um we graduated to the walmart bargain bin in liberty hey. and, and found um steve found gary newman oh um, wow and uh uh, some other things that I found, Lou Reed New Sensations, okay. Lou Reed Legendary Hearts, I think I found the Blue Mask, 
um, these are his kind of uh, sobriety year right oh, wow. now when he when he went into recovery and so I discovered that stuff and I love that stuff and um, a lot of people don't like that stuff huh. but, um, the blue mask could have gone on my list too but um, then I discovered the Velvet Underground of course I love that too but interesting um, I didn't know that he was I didn't know until later he's like this avatar of the underworld of the of the of the darker side or the, yeah. the wild side yeah you know i just thought he was a cool, he's like cool sounding poet you know <laughs> people so. could uh you know point at tom waits and say right. you're dark underside you know cd all these adjectives but you're not that and point to yeah. Lou Reed because right. even you know what i'm saying it's like that is crazy, but also I can kind of I, I see how you got there. Yeah, this is still a mystery to yeah. me. You know, um, I um, have had these weird moments where uh, the the the, the uh, example that I always go to is like um, something. It hasn't. I don't think it's going to happen anymore uh, in this particular case. But it's like, all right this is the summer that I'm going to become a Bruce Springsteen fan and I'm going to find out what it's all about. And yeah. it's like, I start and I'm like, dude, no, it's just yeah. not for me. It's for lots and lots of people with yeah. big hearts and big smiles and joy on this. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and I, I sort of did the same thing with the velvet underground. It's like, yeah. I appreciate that it's, um, got talent. It's got a, voice it's got a personality it's you know kind of intentionally and accidentally being different than pretty much everything else yeah and you know like lo-fi all the all this is it's cool but it's also you know just kind of runs on this low energy bar where i'm like yeah uh, you know like i need i need something just a little peppier yeah um and so i'm listening to this and uh you know, I know uh, of the two uh, Velvet Tunes, and of course, no Wild Side, and maybe one other, but the rest were, I think, first hears. And when I got to Sally Can't Dance, I was like, that! Yeah. More of that! Yeah. That right there is awesome. And then it yeah. dropped right. I was like, yeah. oh, was that? That was it? I mean, yeah, that's. But I, I love that. Yeah. That was cool stuff. Yeah. Um, that might be the album for you. That Sally can't. Oh, dance. is that? Yeah, that's a title track too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I missed that. Nice. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what else is happening on it. Yeah. Um. So then we get to summer of SST for for yeah. Uh, your what? What do you got over there with? You? Uh, I brought I brought Minutemen double, double nickels, nickels on the dime. I packaged them up for you. <laughs> oh, nice. I was I I know I listed a bunch and so I picked. I picked one, but so, no, we, we can talk about. We'll be here for six hours, right? So we got double nickels uh, on the dime by the by Minutemen, nineteen eighty four. Third of four for them, forty five tracks, eighty one minutes. Um, and then Zen Arcade by Husker Du from the same year. Two of second of six, twenty three tracks, seventy minutes. Um, and finally, Up on the Sun, Meat Puppets from 1985. Yeah. Third of 15, uh, 18 tracks, 33 minutes. Um, 
And you sent me a couple links. That's Minuteman. I know if people have seen it. Heck yeah. Um, one of them was to an LA Times article with lots of references to Corporate Rock Sucks, The Rise and Fall of SST Records, um, which is, uh, can't even read my own writing, a book by Jim something about Greg Ginn. Is it Ginn or Gin? I think it's Ginn. Ginn, yeah. who was the founder of SST Records. Right. And also part of Black Flag. Right. Okay. The founder of Black Flag. Yeah. So all of this is like, uh, you know, again, for K- FM Radio Kid is like underbelly-ish. Yeah. Like, so how did you get immersed into this world and what is it about? Uh, I would say, well, Bowie. Right, right. Bowie introduced us to a lot of things, The Clash, reading a punk rock stooges collaborations or with iggy and lou reed um and i think that sort of primed me or primed our group for repo man Mm. um, the movie to come out um i think there were some cassette discoveries at band camp in ninth grade i think uh dead kennedy's Mm. the cure uh, the Judies, a lesser known one. Mm-hmm. Um, Devo. Yep. Sex Pistols. All those. I think it, there are some cassettes going around at band camp in ninth grade that probably were big. Um, so all that stuff was happening. I think there were kids a couple years older than us listening to the better new wave artists like Elvis Costello and um, U2 and the police. And I was already into the police, but. Um, I would say Repo Man was was watching that, getting the soundtrack, discovering Black Flag, um, and from there, like I said, I probably I think I saw a couple local garagey shows, like I saw BCR, um, Black Crack Review, at okay. the Fool Killer, um, and. But Up on the Sun, Meat Puppets tour, Up on the Sun tour was the first upfront rock and roll punk rock show cool. I saw. So from there, it was like all these, we knew this Minutemen, Meat Puppets, who's, they were all on that label. So yeah. we all, we all um, like up, I mean, double digits, like just one banger outfit after another. Yeah, it was, like, it was, dude, how, yeah. It, did you, cause you know, if you look, uh, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. None of this is accurate, but it's like the Stones are on this label and Zeppelin's on this label, and yeah. like nobody has like a family. Yeah. Sort at least that's how I yeah. interpreted it, it's, which is really cool. Maybe more like a Motown package tour. Okay, there you or, go. Or um, NWA and like a, like a you know a lot of spinoffs and offshoots in a in a hip hop yep community yep. Um, uh, I, th- I don't know who invented the term, but I discovered it on Andy J. Pizza's creative <laughs> podcast. Uh, Senius. Okay. Genius crossed with the scene. Yeah. Is Senius. I like it. And I think they had Senius going on. For sure. You know, in this lightning in a bottle way for, yeah. for a few years. Um, very prolific. To and, your Bowie point, um, Christoph Nemeth from Emmeline Twist uh-huh. was on 
and he i mean it was like all this tiny window for his all five yeah so we got uh the cure sisters of mercy simple minds ultravox and tones on tail yeah and i don't know if it was when we were talking about one of the record at some point in our conversation he was like dude like none of any of this happens without bowie it yeah. all goes back to bowie and i was like yeah i was i was embarrassed i was like you're absolutely right and i can't believe i never connected those dots before yeah. but it's like the layers continue to yeah you know what i mean like it just yeah. it's wild yeah um but um bowie new york well we could get into probably talking bullshit about whatever but i mean to me bowie the new york dolls were influenced by bowie and the new york dolls and the Ramones are intimately connected, I think. So it all kind of started with the freedom, I think. That, hmm. I don't want to say it all started because there's 60s garage rock and there's, 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 uh, you know, fuck all the categories, but at the same time, right. you know, for me, for my friend group and me, I think Bowie was like the mainstream entry point for. Cool. For underground and alternative yeah. music, that was his role, you know, because he had "Let's Dance" as a hit. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, so I think I think Steve had double nickels on his list too, which yeah. which made it uh, second time. Yeah. Um, so this is the third time it's been around. Nice. Um, Nobody has had a Hoostger Do record. Yeah. And nobody has had a Meat Puppets record. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, I, I nerd. I, it doesn't take much for me to nerd out about yeah. something, but I, I like uh, firsts are, are always amazing. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen Hoostger Do written with the two dots above yeah. both U's um, or how long I thought it was Husker Do. Yeah. Because I didn't know what the dots meant. Um, and you know, then there's like this period where I just in, imagined yeah. what they sounded like, uh-huh. like based on, I don't even know what. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then, but not until now have I like sat down and listened to, they, did you start at the beginning or did you start with this record? I, th- oh, I started with that record. Yeah. yeah. Um, and pretty ferocious start. <laughs> it is. A, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and, um, not this whole, as far as I've learned so far, this whole family of artists, mm-hmm. uh, all about like uh, long uh, song listing for their records, but short, short run times. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't think I knew who Skirdu was part of this mix, but I, when I saw the track listing, I was like, seriously? And yeah. they're, they're not doing necessarily like 58 seconds in a minute. They're, they're a little bit longer. Yeah. And, and you know, packed yeah. with, uh, I think, in, intention and energy. Yeah. Um, pretty crazy. Like, yeah. And they they were, what? They made, what did I say? Second of eight? Uh, second of six. So they made yeah. five others. Yeah. Um, and then somebody from them did other stuff right yeah they they all did other stuff bob mool did sugar 
did solo records and sugar. Yes. And now, now he does. He's he's had a core band for a number of years, more than 10, 10 or fifteen years now. Um, Grant Hart did solo things. Okay. Nova Mob, a couple of records with Nova Mob. Um, Greg Norton did a couple things, didn't play as much. He became a chef. Oh, wow. He's playing again with a band called uh, Ultra Bomb. Okay. But, yeah, definitely heroes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, we we, we were kind of talking a little bit uh, about it before we were rolling, but... um, um, that Meat Puppets record was such yeah. a treat, and I, I, I thought they were. I think I had also imagined, you know, their sound. Yeah. And if I would have been told to, I would have expected that they would be heavier than Husker Du. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And they're kind of uh, noodling around style. I think they yeah. have hot, hot pink maybe appears yeah. three times. Yeah. On there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think my sense is your taste runs towards maybe jammier music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and The hippie spiritual all... thing that you mentioned when you said Ozark Mountain. I was like, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and um, they're notorious deadheads. Um, the Meat Puppets? Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and... and um, not notorious, but they love the Grateful Dead. Okay. And, um, so they, what am I trying to say? My brain's frying. Just I think the, they've always been, have always been embraced by the jam rock community. Fascinating. Okay. Okay. Because, because their creativity and they do jam. Yep. And, um, they have a, a certain, I think, the joke is all their albums have a different drug that sponsored it, <laughs> you know, whatever. But nice. um, so, this album is unique. I'd say, "Up on the Sun" is unique. It's the most like Zuma, which influenced them. I think a lot. Huh. It's clean. the The guitar tones are clean. Mm-hmm. It's intricate. You can hear all the parts. Um, their first record is. Thick, sludgy, chaotic. Oh wow! Punk rock. Okay. Like Captain Beefheart meets. Oh wow! Germs meets the dead, and Meat Puppets Two is a classic. You you would, but it's not. It's not the clean psychedelic tones of Up on the Sun. Which okay. Just kind of like hit your alpha waves or whatever it is. It's just smooth. You yes. Know? Well and said. Ima- and imaginative yes. and colorful yep. and just like an aurora borealis of. <laughs> sounds to yeah. me i love it you yeah know, it's my one of my favorite albums so. um i think it's jim jim roland maybe it was the guy uh anyway uh so what is it you know uh about greg ginn like what you know he, was there something special about him or was he just like you know what i'm doing i'm making a label and yeah i'm part of black flag i'm gonna do this other side thing is that yeah i think um I think he had a work ethic okay. that, that um, was incredible, and the people around him did too. And it wasn't just him; it was a number of people who who um, created a touring circuit mm. for Black Flag that the other bands then took part in. And I think that became 
the circuit that w- w- is still alive today. Nice, yeah. I mean, it it demolished the assumption that you're trying to play in arenas or something. It's yeah. like you can do this, you know, from town to town. Um, and I think um, he's a really hardworking musician, honed a sound with Black Flag that was incredible. And um, they uh, created a community, which is the most powerful thing you can do in the world, I think, you mm-hmm. know, to advance any any cause, whether it's to make or sell records or whatever. So, right. Um, he's a controversial figure. I'm not gonna don't can't speak to that, you know. Okay. But um, so how in about term, in terms of the legacy of all, how the how the master tapes are treated and all that stuff? But um, in terms of someone who did it, the DIY thing, I think he was. He and a core of people were the reason these records <coughs> saw the light of day. Right. And um, so you know, to that end, the rise is sort of self-explanatory, visible. Yeah. Maybe not the legacy piece to which you speak, but the, what 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 is the fall part all about? Do you happen to know? I I think it. Um. Well, you should listen to uh You Don't Know Mojack. Okay. It's yes. a it's a it's a podcast de- dedicated to each SST release. So they're up in the two two seventies or whatever now. There's that many? Oh yeah, there's hundreds. Wow. But um and I think, you know, like double nickels was what was it? Do they number them? Yeah, they're Oh, that's cool. Double nickels was I can't read because I don't have my glasses. Right. But, um, I think it was unsustainably great for a while. I mean, how do you su- sustain that? You know. Uh, but I think there were decisions there. They, the open-mindedness that that um, made it happen, also might have been its undoing because because of being open to to so many different kinds of music that it got a little bit out of unfocused okay okay i think that's um, interesting that's a dip the podcast is great because they give each record its due and a lot of people sort of say oh they started putting out shitty records and they blew their blew it you know but um and what does mojack refer to that's one of the obscure bands okay way late in the sst interesting catalog so um I think it's a play on you don't know jack shit. Of course, of yeah. course. So, um, so, but, they, but to, they went on to put out, you know, Sonic Youth, Bad Brains, yeah. Dinosaur Jr., yeah, um, the first full length Soundgarden album, you know. So, I mean, it was, I was surprised to see that. Yeah, it was very, very inspiring, creatively inspiring. I think every, everyone of this generation sort of, my generation who grew up on this stuff holds that in really high esteem, right. regard. You know, that yeah, they, that they changed for the, good reason, changed the world. The yeah, way yeah, yeah. Um, so describe for me, if you would, please, uh, who Henry Rollins started out as 
who he came to be and what he's meant to American culture? That's an interesting question. I didn't expect that. But um, I think he started out as a punk rock singer in D.C. I mean, with in the Washington, D.C. scene. Young. Okay. um, The story you've heard lots of times. I mean, he he is Ian MacKay's best friend and... Um, I I maybe yeah have heard, but I've lost a lot of so I mean yeah like continue please. But yeah, and he was a um, hardcore Black Flag fan. Um, he had a band called SOA that had a EP out on Discord Records, and um, you can find that it's still in print. This is Ian MacKay. No, Henry Rollins. Okay, yeah. he wasn't in Black Flag. He was. He later. was. Yeah. Oh, not in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. They they needed a singer, and he was in D.C. at a show, or maybe in New York City. I'm not sure, but okay. Basically, he came up and sang a couple tunes, and I think at that time Des was their singer, and maybe his voice was shooting craps or whatever. So it was just a classic story of a, of an opportunity coming up for someone who just dropped everything and did it. Okay. Know? So he joined. Black Flag. Um, how and so how many? How deep into their existence are we talking? Um, I don't know the years, but I would say they had made a series of EPs that are on the first four years record, which is just a must-have. You know, with Keith Morris from Circle Jerks and Off, and a, six, a series of singers, and he came on probably in the fourth or fifth fifth or sixth year of their existence i don't know so so four eps no lps no lps and then he's in and they an lp comes out is that yeah he came in and sang on damage and then everything else okay until a more recent album that came out 10 years ago sure um and are there folks i mean i would imagine there it seems to be the case in all these kinds of scenarios are there folks that are are like you know the pre-Rollins stuff is better. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And there's the opposite too. Uh huh. Of course. Um, interesting because I saw Black Flag was one of those shows I saw shortly after the Up on the Sun Me Puppets show, and it was a Loose Nut tour show. Really profoundly powerful show to see the fool killer down there 39th and Maine. okay and um he came back as a as doing a spoken word thing which was really cool he'd never heard of someone doing that he came back so like his, like you saw the show and then he that same no you, like oh. the next spring ne- okay. or something he was back doing spoken word stuff that long ago he was doing spoken word stuff yeah it was like wow. 86 or whatever okay so he he didn't just do that recently. It wasn't like he's been doing that all along. Okay. So I mean, okay. he's a, he's a um, prof- he's a pretty profound uh, artist, I think, as a DJ and as a writer and as a self-published writer and as a raconteur and a, and um, say what you will about whether you like the later Black Flag records, you know, whatever. Right. Um, I like them, but 
Well, he, you know, he's, it's he's like a, he's a he's a really he's an interesting guy. I think I've never met him. I'm just you asked, so I'm yeah. just giving what so, I know. Well, it's like, um, and you know, I've had rabbit hole opportunities to mm-hmm. educate myself, so I don't have to ask questions like this. But I've never taken them. Yeah. But it's like Rollins Band. That's yeah. like the first blip on my radar. Yeah. Like, oh wow, that dude's intense. That was one and of the th- first shows I ever. One of the best shows i ever saw was cool. really yeah at, okay at the outhouse okay wow yeah, and it was not a well super packed show or anything sure. but god it was good but it's like okay so i'm aware of his existence in this band and intense and energy and intelligent and all these things and then it's like at some point i learn about some of this mm-hmm. some of this sst and it's like yeah. black flag it's like oh wow that's a whole this part of the it's it's one pocket of the punk you know yeah whatever um but then it's not till later where i'm like oh he was in that yeah and then it's like yeah he's spoken word and touring and writing books and continues to to me to seem intense and intelligent and focused and like almost to the point of like, it's another level above the person that can sing and play guitar at the same time. Like he's focused again, appear, appears to me that he's focused and firing on all cylinders and, and I think has good messages on a level. that's like, I don't know how you, yeah. Like how you sustain that. How do you do it all? I mean, it's like getting through a, just a plain old vanilla day. You know, for yeah. me, it's like, dude. And then it's yeah. like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed that I thought yeah. that because look what you're doing. Yeah. So it and it just, uh, you know, maybe it's, maybe there were <clears throat> folks like that before him, and it would just accessibility. Yeah. Wasn't there like we didn't have any yeah videos and right. DNA, I don't know. Yeah. But anytime he, you know, there's an opportunity to talk for a second about him, I yeah. I take it. Yeah. Because I feel like we should. Yeah. Anyway, that's I cool. Want to nerd out too much? I, it's it's really like talking to you. Um, it's it's clear that um, like that's been the world I swim in for years <laughs> of, of the this stuff. And, yeah. You know, obviously my point of view but that um you're open to you're open to learning about these things and that's really cool yeah you know i mean because because you're that's a really profound openness to have well i mean it's 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 like um uh you know an old uh timey uncle that i saw three times across the first 20 years of my life at one point he maybe he thought his days were not he gave me a suit and he's like yeah hounds, <laughs> patches and hounds it smells like pipe tobacco and it's just always in my closet yeah. every time i'm like god that fucking yeah and then all of a sudden one day i'm like ooh, i might look handsome in that suit yeah or, or at the very least it fits me now i'm gonna have this dry clean yeah i'm gonna yeah. walk around town wearing it that's like i musically yeah you know, t- we were talking about shedding yeah. snobbery and opening your mind yeah. it's like hey man that suit might be yeah a cool deal like let's so i'm just now to that point right yeah. where it's like i'm putting the suit on and walking around in it just yeah. to see what there's to see 
That's inspiring. Well, that, that is inspiring. Thanks. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't, I didn't mean for it to be. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, I don't want to call it a, a left turn because it sort of stays on, you know, in the similar swims in a similar stream, but, uh, guided by voices, um, yeah. alien lanes. 1995, 8 of 39. There's got to be more than 39. Well, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, 28 tracks, 41 yeah. minutes. Um, I'm reading this thing. Uh, I'm like, okay, this guy, James Greer, wrote a book called Guided by Voices, A Brief History, 21 Years of Hunting Accidents in the Forests of Rock and Roll. And in it, he allegedly writes that Alien Lane's uh, Guided by Voices first album with Matador Records <laughs> Yeah, came with a $100,000 advance but the cost for recording it if you leave out the beer was about $10 <laughs> and I'm, I'm like this guy is so clever and I'm like wait a second he's the bassist like, yeah. and then you look and it's like oh he went and he's done a bunch of different things yeah. besides just being in a band Yeah. Um, who is Guided by Voices and did you discover him because there is some kind of kinship to this pocket or totally uh, separate? That is, that's a huge question. Um, and I'm happy to take a stab at it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, what else is there? My, my first exposure to Guided by Voices was my friend Missy. I worked in a deli. We worked in a deli. This would have been about 92 and in Eugene. And she was... Guided by Voices was playing in a parking lot in, huh. in Eugene. Um, and she was listening to their Vampires on Titus tape. And I didn't, it didn't connect me with me at that point. Okay. And it's probably, it's one of their more noisier early records or whatever. But that was when I first heard of them. Um, and they had, uh, a reputation as this ultimate party band. Okay, really? Know, like just ultimate, like, um, like the replacements kind of. All right. The reputation of drunken, drunken, um, bacchanalia <laughs> and um, crazy. Great word. Yeah, but um, I'm trying to think where, when did I finally connect and take a chance, and I and the I don't know what why it took it took me longer to get it and it was probably 2000 okay um, so this had been out for four or five years right and, um, might not be the first one I discovered but um, for me and I think it might be a cultural thing too but for me personally it was I had been a folk singer and and kind of a in the Americana world. And that was how I embraced the craft of songwriting after punk rock, you know, and God, I've been that, so focused I'm, I'm, for a minute. I forgot yeah. you're a musician. Yeah. It's like we're sitting here talking record. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're in a band. Yeah. Well, I've been for decades, that, you know, <laughs> I'll be doing this long after I'm not a musician, whatever. Right. Right. But, um, so that was, the kind of the depressed mood of Americana, I think, mm. 
of the 90s and 90s rock, which was like Nirvana was great, but a lot of things that came after Nirvana were kind of retread 70s rock, you know, and um, just kind of heavy and dumb in a lot of ways. <laughs> but, uh, um, I don't know. I'm just, I, I I'm just saying. I, agreed. I, I just spat that out. Agreed. Uh, you know. So if nobody else validates you, I am. Yeah. Um, like Mike Watt has that tune about how the seventies won't work for you. <laughs> like, don't do it. The seventies won't work for you either. Mike but, Watt is, uh, you know, I'm not going to, but yeah. same level of fascination when we're talking about Henry Rollins. Yeah. Like, and, and not, not the same. It's, it's just, I'm glad you have done you and are doing you because it's yeah. it's necessary yeah kind of thing. Sorry. Yeah. No. Similar intensity and creativity. Yep. Those two. Um, so for me personally, I was kind of trying. I wasn't super happy in the acoustic music Americana world. It it was. For some reason, guided by voices, I I consider it my restart. I consider it cool. my jump start, my sea change album. When is that? Her, that's not her, a Beck reference, is it? No. Does somebody no. have a, a a record called Sea Change besides Beck? I think that's just a expression. Is it? Okay. Expression for a for a sweeping change. Interesting. Of, okay. But, but I think basically, I heard I heard this record. And under the bushes, under the stars, and uh, and um, and I worked at, at a shop. The guy who was a hardcore fan and of I, them, I taped a bunch of records mm. of his and solo Robert Pollard records, and um, I think it just opened up. It just opened my mind again. You know, I was like thirty, early thirties or whatever, and I was just like, these guys like the Who. And pop music and punk, <laughs> and there's poetry and the visual art is amazing, mm-hmm. and um, it just lit something that had kind of cool. gone out, you know. Um, this album, like Double Nickels, I think, like Up on the Sun, has its own. It kind of creates its own world, for it's sure. Like, uh, like a is it hermetic? Is that the right word? Something that's enclosed, maybe, and and it's sort of self-defined. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but um, you knew you knew they were in their basement swinging for the fence like they were the Who, you know, and it and that's very relatable and funny. Yeah, <laughs> and they did it, and they made they make records that did it, and um, I think his writing is is underrated i think the guy who throws beers off the stage you know and does high kicks is is a amazing uh persona but i think he's his writing is worth being on the shelf over there with your stuff and and it's just keeps coming he's very prolific so I, um, Pollard, and it's an unlikely pair of heroes, but Pollard's a hero, I would say, of mine. And 
William Stafford, who's a poet who passed away in the early... He's from Kansas. He's born right? in Kansas, yeah, yeah and, and lived in uh, Oregon. Okay. Um, but a similar, um, utterly dissimilar in some ways, you know, um, but the attitude of welcoming what y- your creativity brings you that day. And nice. Being, and trusting it, being prolific, not being tight-assed about it, and just letting it flow and letting other folks decide whether it's good, you know? But um, God, I remember I just, when I first yeah. read Stafford as assignment. Uh-huh. You know, everything about me, the like way underdeveloped like but you know it's all about when do we get to the beats you know yeah. where's the partying and the you know so it's like read some william stafford i'm like fucking snooze bro and then later i'm like oh my god that's just really yeah it doesn't all have to be yeah your beer throwing yeah kick jump you know it's it quiet yes yeah yes so yeah that's cool I'm glad you discovered him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't, I don't meet many people who have. I don't know a ton know. by him, but everything yeah. that I've, the few things that I've read, have been like, yeah. this dude is legit and yeah. s- seemingly quiet, maybe humble. I don't know, um, but yeah, fantastic list. Uh, I, I, I seem to see. Um, you know, wherever I was looking, uh, as far as they were concerned, uh, folks want to let you know that it's lo-fi and REM. Yeah. There's some REM kinship floating in the ether somewhere out yeah. there. And it's like, I still, I'm just like 39. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Amazing. The other band that Minutemen and Guided by Voices have in common as an influence is Wire. Ooh, so that's an interesting thread. pink flag. Yeah, that is yeah a really really great album. Yeah. Uh, somebody very early gave me a list, and it was like uh, I was trying to get him to commit. You know, you kind of have to do that very with gentle consistency. Like you don't want anybody to be like, dude, commit to being on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, the best I did was uh, I made a top 20 when COVID started and then I made some cuts and then I turned somewhere else. And I was like, well, yeah. just, just give me that wherever yeah. you let. So there was like 14 or 16 on it and we covered them all. I think I missed one by accident, but, um, and they were all like, uh, you know, s- sort of, post-punk or punk or british or singer-songwriter like sad and i was just like i think actually that might be have been the episode that had everyone know everybody knows this is nowhere on his which i was like you know yeah all right uh but pink i was like this is a gem like uh, yeah very simple uh cover art yeah simple lettering and just this is our record. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I never was supposed to grow into a person that would like that, but it, yeah. oh. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a, a really, great record. It is a really yeah. great record. There, it's one of those that's, is there another one like it? I, 
I mean, where what, unqualified what, to say. Yeah, but I, I suspect. Yeah, that no. it 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 exists. It stakes out its own turf. You have to have a bag of Chinese and Russian pennies to buy the yes the doppelganger of that record yeah. out there in the world. Uh, we need to get you out of here, but I always uh, try and wrap with some goofy uh, questions. Um, Casey Scouts trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they were so bad. <laughs> they won 22 games across two seasons. And then you know where they are to, you know, the, where they went and who they are. Did they become the Je- New Jersey Devils and then became the Avalanche, or did they go to Colorado Rockies, New Jersey Devils? So now they're the New Jersey yeah. Devils. Yeah. Yeah. So they were the Rockies before the baseball Rockies. Yep. They were two years here, 73. 74, 75? Yeah. No. And then six years in Denver. Yeah. And then yeah, Jersey ever since. Yep. Um, God, they were bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think uh, a collection of characters. Yeah. Like, you like know. Like Hanson Brothers type stuff. These are not get your act together kinds of fellas. Yeah. It's like if they make it to the rink and their gear is there, it's like, Okay. We got enough to dress. Do you know the Hanson brothers? Oh, not, I mean, just so, from Slapshot. Well, you know the band No Means No? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They have they have a, had a alter ego band called the Hanson brothers because oh, they're funny. Canadian. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So it's like hockey themed punk rock. So you somebody gotta had, che- you gotta somebody check had a No Means No record on their list. And uh, I re- seem to recall. Um, like left wing lock or there's some something about hockey was a track title or yeah. an album title or something. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, they're Canadians. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, uh, if you remember, uh, the show fear factor, it's sort of Joe Rogan's yeah. first. Wi- that was Joe Rogan. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, Joe Rogan making people eat pig uteruses and stuff, whatever yeah. he was doing. Um, nothing's really changed. <laughs> He has a hundred million dollars yeah, now, which I don't think yeah, and a lot less hair. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I never really watched that. I would just see the previews and be like, you know, that is yeah, a, not a that's thing. Not for me. Yes. Yeah. I can endless possibilities of things that folks went through on that show. I can imagine probably a lot of them. But what would be the worst imaginable scenario for you? to be in a situation, whatever it is, like you got to lay in a bed full of spiders or, uh, so a fear factor situation. Yeah. Like what's the utmost of heebie jeebie for you? If my sister Megan were here, she would say touching wet breath. Why do I? Why am I having to think about this? I should. Oh, there's got to be something. It doesn't yeah. have to be the most, but just something that creeps you out or grosses you out or. Um. I'm thinking, Indiana Jones when he gets slides the the lid off of the yeah. room. Or he puts the staff down and he looks down and he's like, 
Snakes. Why yeah. did it have to be <laughs> yeah. snakes? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a hard question. I'm trying to think of things that. I'll tell you another one uh, about. Uh, um. This this is kind of mild. That's fair. But also not mild. <laughs> Waiting, walking through like ankle high grass or shallow water where I know there could be snakes. Okay. Snakes themselves don't bug me, but the unseen, uh, the the. The waiting and slopping through like a marshy environment. Yeah. yeah. That, that's pretty. I would be out at the marshy environment. Yeah. Regardless of snakes, like wet grass, walking through a wet bathroom floor in a public pool. I mean, I'm standing to, to go up, to go down a water slide. Yeah. I'm, I'm standing on the sides of my feet. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, play hot, like plenty, plenty of guys that I play with, uh, will walk around the locker room barefoot or go shower Yeah, barefoot. And I'm just like, hmm. give me like, my flip flops. Yeah. Yeah. Flip flops in my, you know, if yeah. for whatever reason they fell out of my bag, guess who's not showering. Yeah. I'll do it when I get like, yeah. I have so, so a wet marsh running through the sprinkler with wet grass. But nope. Just, I don't know. I can do that. Well, I don't I can know. do that. <laughs> you get uh, to have lunch with anyone dead or alive. Who and why? Uh, or a coffee or a beer, whatever. These questions are, are you could stop and think, but the first person that came to mind was D. Boone. Hey, um, I love that they uh, continued to dedicate. Yeah, yeah right so there. Probably... Um, awesome you know that would be him cool uh complete this for me please the world would immediately become a better place in which to live if only uh each of us participated more in um influencing uh government community politics individually Fascinating grassroots. So isn't that if you're going to get involved, you know, make start grassroots to make it. I don't know. Um, you get you're given the ability to visit your past self at any at the age of your choosing. What age are you choosing, and what are you saying to yourself? Mm, Really good question. I'd probably probably around 15 uh-huh. and just say, you know, everything's you're fine the way you are and everything's going to work out. You can do it. Amen. Yeah. True or false. It is okay and acceptable to wear the t-shirt of the band at, to their show to the, you're going to go see them. You're going to go see Dan Jones and squids tonight. So you put on your Dan Jones and the squids t-shirt. Oh, true. True. It's okay. Yeah. And acceptable. Yeah. Even at whatever level, uh, uh, you're going to uh, Ozzy Osbourne and you wear your Ozzy shirt. Hell yes. Okay. <laughs> hell not, even, yeah. not even true, just uh, hell yes. Hell yes, right on. 
Okay, so we've got uh, Dan Jones on Bandcamp, danjonesmusic.com, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Instagram. In- uh, Instagram, okay. Yeah. Excellent. And that's that's Dan, Dan underscore Jones underscore music is my Instagram and used to be my Twitter. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but threads, I, I'm on threads. It's kind of interesting. I'm on Did that. you like intentionally delete your Twitter or you just don't open it up anymore? I deleted it. Um, it just, I f- it was constantly upsetting me mm. and I just found like, back to your question, how is this helping my participate? How is this helping me participate in anything but my own gnarly brain chemistry right you know, in, a, in a in a bubble so um, another great word you know i was just trying to um you know i try i was i wanted to start over with twitter and try to curate it more for creativity only and not just mine but as a as a safe and interesting place to be inspired because i'd followed so much politically on it oh wow and, okay and you know um and just it was so upsetting constantly. Um, wasn't reading very much on it other than the headlines. So anyway, threads. I've I've been messing around with threads and kind of enjoy it. I've I've uh, not overloaded it with political content. I hey. have like folk art and cool. Uh, this, there's a guy in there who curates logos through history he's interesting oh that sounds he's got awesome all these weird 1970s japanese logos <laughs> like, like try to keep it kind of focused and interesting yeah versus like what's the fascist horror story of the day right you know? right yeah, so. no shortage of those right well uh thank you very much for being here i really appreciated uh checking out some of your favorite records and uh, learning about uh, all things Dan Jones. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me here and for doing this for musicians and non-musicians. I mean, you're open-minded and welcoming, and it's it's really great. I mean, so, I do take acting classes I mean, on the side so that I come yeah. across as open and welcoming. Vo- vocal. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Right, right. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Talk to you. Hey, I had a question yeah. before we quit. Yes. Have you ever been on the other side of this? Uh, no. I mean, um, there's a, a cat, um, uh, Sean Harris, shouts out to him. He has an online um, radio station. This is Sean from Bad Dog Studio. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know Sean. I was on his podcast. Okay. Um, when the last album came out. Yeah. So he, uh, and we, a mutual, you know, um, and... Um, we connected, he came and did an episode. He asked, uh, do I want to put the podcast on the radio station? And I said, sure. <clears throat> and then he had me, he was like, you should come out and chat one night. Um, and, uh, send me a list of like six or seven songs. And since I have, you know, the station and ASCAP and all these things, like we can listen to them. Yeah. I was like, oh, I mean, Cool. Um, yeah. So I sent him a list of six or seven songs that just were on my plate at the time, kind of random. Um, and so we talked a little bit about those, listened to the songs, and he asked me a little bit about. Yeah. Um, so in that, yeah. Yeah. That one one time, yeah. 
Yeah. You should sp- you should turn the tables on one of these and have someone interview you if you y- wanted to. Yeah, um it's <laughs> um I a few folks have made that suggestion yeah. and uh, I'm like in the moment, you know, very very fleeting thought. In the moment it's like my top 5 would be easy and then it's like I spend two seconds on it, I'm like, it's going to have to be a top 10. And then like nine seconds, I'm yeah. like, top 20? I'm going to have to get a hard drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, like some other folks have said, it, it fluctuates. Yeah. You know, like I think there are some ones that are always going to be jewels, you know, in, invaluable. But others can sneak in and knock one down a peg for a time or two. It's a, yeah. Yeah. It's an organism. Cool. But, yeah. Thank you, sir. Well, thanks for being open to new music. It's an inspiration. Absolutely. Talk to you later.